Welcome to the Metal Hammer Podcast, episode 32. There is a brand new issue of the world's greatest metal magazine on sale right now. Oh, by the way, I'm here with Ellen Luke. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's more important stuff to worry about. Uh, yeah, I'm Mo. Uh, we got a brand new issue out right now. Uh, first time ever cover for Within Temptation. Very cool. Very fucking cool. Um, this is a band that I've... I wouldn't say I've been... Uh, a Loki fan of. I've always thought they were great and been fairly vocal about it, but they've always been one of those bands. They, it, it's amazing to me that they've never been on the cover of Metal Hammer before. Um, yeah. They've played Wembley Arena, they've headlined and sold out Brixton a shit ton of times, unquestionably one of the biggest metal bands in the world today. Um, and as you'll find out in the new issue, uh, it all went a little bit tits up for them actually at the start of this year. Oh. They were due to release a new album, um, which they will be doing, all the news is out there right now. Um, they got a new album coming later this year, but it very nearly didn't happen at all because there's been a bit of, uh, uh, they were suffering from a bit of burnout. There was a lot of shit going on personally. Um, and well, basically I went out to Amsterdam to talk to Sharon and Robert from the band and they kind of pretty much said that at one point they didn't think that was going to be within sensation anymore, which is quite a big, um, statement to make for a band that kind of just got to the point where they were, you know, headlining festivals and having massive videos on YouTube, doing good streaming numbers and getting in the charts. I think um, their last album, Hydra, was like their highest ever charting in the UK and US or this kind of stuff. So they're in a really good place. Um, but it, yeah, it all went to shit for a little while there. And uh, it's an amazing interview with them. They're really candid about what happened, how they got back into the mindset of getting you know back on the road to where they were and everything else. And most importantly, the new album called Resist. Mm. Um, I don't think it's got a confirmed release date quite yet. Maybe it has. If, if it does, it'll be out there on the internet now anyway. Um, it's a fucking rager. Oh, actually, I've it, not heard it yet. It is, it is really, really good. I liked Hydra. I thought it was all right. I thought The Unforgiving was a lot better. That was the album before that. Um, they were one of those bands that I kind of thought they were getting better and better with each album. I thought The Unforgiving, which was about 2011 or so, they released that. I thought that was great. I thought Hydra was all right. This is the album I think they sh- they've been waiting to make for a long time. It's massive, it's loud, um, it's really heavy. The first single off it is so heavy. It's got Anders Free. Is that not- no, sorry, it's got Jacoby y- y- Shaddix from um, Papa Roach on it. Oh, cool. Uh, Anders from Inflames is on another one. Um, it's it's the heaviest song they've ever done. Like the riff sounds like something off one of the recent Korn albums. Um, there's got loads of cool electronic flourishes and stuff going on it. It's really really good. I think there's such an underrated set of songwriters within Temptation. I think because they've always been uh, kind of part of that symphonic wispy metal scene, a lot of people haven't really given them credit for just how good they are at producing big, fat, wicked rock songs. Um, and this new album, Resist, is absolutely full of them. So we go into that, we tell you all the information about it. The other special guests that are on there, uh, and as we mentioned, the, the quite uh, fascinating story about how it very nearly did not only get made at all, but nearly, uh, well, the band nearly wasn't gonna be a thing now. So. There's a lot going on there. It's the only place you can read about it. Um, and it's always wicked to see modern bands getting to uh, be on Metal Hammer for the cover for the first time. Yeah, so yeah. Shout out a brilliant band. Go read that issue right now. Uh, we've also got Behemoth in there uh, talking about their unbelievably good new album. So good. Lamb of God are in there. We go all, access all areas on their tour with Slayer. Uh, we go uh, behind the scenes of Night, which is massive. Uh, thrills and all show at Bloodstock earlier this year. Uh, we dig inside the new Clutch album, which is another fucking great. So many good albums dropping out at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been everywhere. Um, speaking of which, Beartooth, the new album's so good. 
so much better than the last one, I think. Really, really happy that they come back with a big album. Um, Caleb is a man who has kind of been through the ringer a bit. I think it's probably safe to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he was in a bit of a dodgy place um, a little while back, so he kind of opens up to us about that. Uh, there's a great uh, feature by Stephen Hill actually in here as well about Brit Metal's kind of lost generation and um, Pitch Shifter, Earth Tone 9, Wild Hearts, all those bands from that really, really uh, prosperous period in the 90s in England when we, and the UK in general when we were producing all these great bands, kind of talking about where that scene went, why it never quite got to the level everyone hoping it was going to get to mm-hmm. um, and where all those bands are at now. Uh, God, there's a there's a big thing on um, Chuck from Death and his legacy in life. There's uh, interview with Zealand Arda, Black Pete, Meshuggah, who have just been announced as headlining our tangent next year. Uh, Saxon, Venom Prison, and Arnath Rack. It's just it's fucking stacked. I don't know how there's we did it. There's so much in there. There's a lot going on. But yeah, very excited to have with Intensation on the on the cover of Metal Hammer. I think they're one of the biggest bands in metal, but they're also one of the most underrated bands in metal. And it's a hell of an interview. If I do say so myself. thanks it is good though and um we also very recently uh dropped our special disturbed bundles in collaboration with last issue so you can check those out as well and if you're wondering if that's a hint of something else we're dropping with with intentation soon yes we are so what's that space (laughs) basically there's a lot going on in metal hammer's world right now so go pick it all up and check it out hooray what else is going on I'm going to start talking for a bit. I'm all excited. <laughs> get more excited, man, because we all get to talk about the best gig of the year. Oh, arguably. my God. Yes. God, you thought that was frothy. Wait until we start talking about this ghost Ooh. this ghost gig. Go on, then. You guys start. Uh, yeah. Ghost headlined Royal Albert Hall. Or sold out Royal Albert Hall, but this did in like 10 minutes or something stupid like that. And it was fucking great, wasn't it, guys? It was really good. I've, I've seen quite a few metal that. shows there now. I've seen Devon Townsend, Opeth. Nine Inch Nails. Nine Inch Nails. And all of them had that special thing where you just feel really excited being at a special venue and, you know, some of them had special programmes or Nine Inch Nails brought their light show, Devon Townsend brought loads of sets. So it was kind of unusual in a sense that it was quite a straightforward show for Ghosts, but at the same time, they brought along kind of just a better stage setup. It was nothing insane, but they had a really cool backdrop of stained glass windows at the back and then they had a little stage with steps going up Probably the most notable thing was how big the band was. They had like, what, eight ghouls and Tobias? Yeah, kind of. If you included Papa Nile, there's eight of them. Yeah. Which is one less than Slipknot now. <laughs> so it was kind of like, yeah, they didn't have anything that made you go fuck me. But at the same time, you're like, this is ghost on what? What can I say it's on? Ghost bigger. Bigger ghost. Bigger ghost. <laughs> bigger ghost. <laughs> That's the, that's the byline for the ghost movie when it comes out. <laughs> ghost. Bigger ghost. <laughs> it was more ghosts than I'd seen before. And it was really cool, like, the band as well, because there were so many of them. They were all running around, and you could tell just everyone was super, like, stoked to be playing that venue. And even though they got masks on, you can't see their faces, they were kind of just everywhere all at once. And there was a lot of personality, I think, that came across, mm. even though you couldn't actually see their face. And I thought Tobias, when he came on, he looked a little bit nervous not that you can really yeah, see yeah I remember you saying that at first yeah. I think it was just he didn't really come up with a massive presence but it felt exciting because the show was starting but I felt like he really warmed up and got into it and they just played hit after hit after hit really it was kind of you sort of think you know they've only had three albums four, um, four albums now yeah. so it's not that many to do a venue like that but at the same time in those albums they've had so many big songs they played 24 songs across two halves and it 
it, 14 of them were just from the last two records, I think. Yeah, and it, it just blew me away how many songs it was like, oh yeah, this one, oh yeah, this one, oh yeah, this one. Yeah, but like, like that. In the space of, what is it, seven years now, they've amassed one of the best set lists in modern metal, if not the best set list in modern metal. Yeah. And honest to God, like we've been saying it all year, how um, Prequel is a kind of an instant classic of an album. And the reaction those new songs got, Dance Macabre was like, I don't even know what the fuck was going yeah, on. People lost their minds to it. Miasma as well, Papa Nile with the sax coming out. So Coming so out of Stone Cold Steve Austin in 2001, just the pop he got was like, yeah. But there was so, so, so much thought into that though, because I was sat quite a further away from you, I was sat quite near the stage, and you could see him. Yeah, we saw him too. Just like walking on from the back curtain, still in character, like, like a decrepit old being man. Being held yeah. up by yeah. being held out. I was like, heavies. no one can see you, but like, you're still in fully immersed in this Papa Nile yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as soon as he got to the top of the stage, just broke away from his handlers. It was like, no, sex time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it was so good. But yeah, the new stuff was just. Like, even when they opened on Rats, it was just like the, everyone in that venue screaming the chorus. Yeah, yeah. yeah ah, so good. I'd completely forgotten about Square Hammer, and then they just finished with that. Obviously, they finished with um, Monster and Squad. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the, the final song before the encore was Square Hammer, and I was like, what the fuck? I didn't even remember that, that they had written that song, even though it's one of my favourite ghost I know. songs. I, and I think, actually, I mean, Rats is really close to it as well, and there's... I mean, that new album's like a greatest hits record already, but I think Square Hammer is genuinely like, it's an Enter Sandman, it's a run to the hills, it's one of the greatest metal songs ever written. It is fucking unbelievable. Look, the way that drops, like, mm-hmm. and like, you hear the reaction to it, it's just unbelievable. And I think we do have to talk about that cult of Tobias, though, because that's been growing over the years as Ghost has been going up and up venues, as he's doing his sort of like, sexy hip wiggles I know Girl, girls are screaming at him like, the Cardinal is, is definitely kind of yeah, given that when he first dropped everyone was like what the fuck's this this isn't a, this yeah. isn't a forever is this like he's definitely taken this whole Cardinal thing and I've expanded heard, the whole sexy like I've not heard screaming does. like that at a show in our world since going to see him like 10 years ago yep. like definitely, actual like definitely. proper screaming yeah. like ah. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see the front row and it was mainly mainly girls and they were all looking at him like he was like the, the sexiest man you've ever seen Absolutely. when he's just a dude in robes and a fucking plasticine on his face like, <laughs> like don't spoil the illusion no, yeah, he's Cardinal Copier yeah I know but what I mean is like Cardi C like Cardi C he's not like a stereotypically you know He's not done there to be an attractive frontman, but there's something about the, oh, he the, knows the presence. Yeah, exactly. His manners and, and his attitude though, is like so cool. When he started doing that, it was campy. It's still campy, but when he started doing it, it was more campy than sexy. And now he's kind of camped he's, up. He's got more daddy up. vibes now. It's <laughs> he's got big daddy vibes, whereas before it was just kind of like he was a bit of a dandy, and now he's like looks like something that should be. Stumbling out of torture guards. Well, we, we were saying it's like big dick energy. That's what it's got. Yeah, yeah. It's got BDE yeah. all Card DC, place. that's big time BDE. Yeah. I feel old. Fuck it, now, what is that? <laughs> he has. He's mean. got big dick energy, Luke. If you, don't, if you have to ask, you don't know what it is. I know what it is. I co-wrote an article about big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely doesn't sound this. like that. proudest moment. You can't no. see this, but Luke's eating a skull lollipop. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, mumbling that. Back yeah. from Japan and he's wedged it between his teeth. Yeah, I've got Japanese. It's not actually talking really. through gritted teeth. It's <laughs> <having a lollipop>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, 
I mean, that, you know, you look at kind of the more, I guess, quite unquote, critically acclaimed bands out there like Yuga Jira's and Jakarta Oranges and blah, blah, blah. There's bands that are probably, well, definitely doing more to push metal in more urgent and edgy and exciting directions, I guess you could say. But in terms of just the band that you want to believe in as the band that can just just do it all and really get to a point where they, they could and I mean they're going to be headlining arenas in this country yeah. I don't see why you can't put that band in Wembley in a couple of years time like they've got it yeah. um, it's Ghost I think they're the best thing in metal today and what isn't brilliant about it I was saying to Elle the next day like it's kind of like when you go to the cinema to watch like a Marvel movie or something it, it's just pure escapism yeah. like, for that yeah. two hours we were in there I, you, you just don't worry about anything you can't think about all the shit that's going on in the world or in your personal life you're just in this ridiculous brilliant world totally crafted out of the mind of this one man and I think the guy's a fucking genius it's yeah. so really much do. fun actually you know what it's really funny just as you said that this is not that related but I remembered you know how they have those it's all white and they have the white steps that are leading up to the plinth where they had the on the, on the, the stage set up yeah. on the stage set chapel yeah but actually it really reminds me of that scene in Greece where they're in the hairdressers <laughs> do you remember that? yeah I do, and they're yeah. climbing up the steps yeah. and it's all white it's kind of like that it's sort of a bit like a fantasy <laughs> cut scene amazing that's where my mind's gone definitely definitely the only review reference that's been made like that that's what it reminds me of that kind of like slightly campy like musical escapist fantasy brought to life yeah definitely Greece has got good songs as well so um, many good songs I'll go back to the back Greece to reference Greece. Um, what else has been going on me and well oh you went to you went to Japan how the fuck was that oh it was so much fun it was so much fun you should definitely go if you get the chance to go I um, will I obviously <laughs> <laughs> see you later I obviously am really lucky um, I went to see X Japan there about a year and a half ago so I had a quick trip before around some of the main sites. But the first night I got there, I obviously went to a metal night. Of course, because on Obviously I would. And um, yeah, it was super interesting. It was this metal night in um, the area called Shibuya. And, um, Shibuya. <laughs> and it was like a night for, I guess it was like modern metal and metal core. And it was a club night put on by a magazine over there. You also have a clothing label. And it was in this little like one room venue. And you kind of go in, you get a drinks ticket because people don't drink very often when they go out. Apparently in clubs, it's not really a thing. Is it expensive to drink out No, not really. It's the same as London, I guess. So fairly expensive, but not horrendous. There's a a bar drinking culture and for salary money you go to work. There's a big culture where they go out after work and they eat and they drink and they talk about stuff. But in terms of clubs, it doesn't really seem like people go clubbing and drinking. So they kind of include the, the price of drink in the ticket and then they give you a drink to take it on the way in. So it was a sober club, although I wasn't that sober. <laughs> Brit abroad. Brit abroad, yeah, Jägermeister. Um, but everybody was like super, super, super excited and into the music. It was great. They had a de- they had a basically it was like a room with a stage and they had a DJ on the stage and they changed DJs every couple of hours. And the DJ had a screen outside of him. Um, every time they played a song, they would put a video on the screen of the band that was playing, which was quite useful because it's one of those things where, especially growing up, going to clubs, you hear a song and you love it and you don't know what it is. Um, and yeah, so it's all these Japanese metal bands like Crystal Lake. Um, yeah, you saw Crystal Lake? No, 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 on the screen. Oh, on the, on the screen, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But, I like that band. So, yeah, so it was cool. They were like um, a band called Fabled Number, who I'd never heard of. They were quite good. They had them up on the screen. Um, so yeah, it was just super exciting. There's a real, just this like exciting vibe because 
not only did you not know what song was going to come on next, then you just had this video projected and just made the whole thing really like seem like an event. And people weren't dancing in a club like you'd go to a club in the UK. They're all dancing facing the DJ. So it's very much like, hmm. again, an event. So people would stand and watch the DJ and watch the screens and then they'd be dancing. Um, and it was less kind of like throwing down and more kind of like, I don't know. There were some people threw down there. There's one guy who really played some paternal and he was so into it. He threw himself on the floor and like threw his fists in the air and that was really cool to see. Amazing. Actually, the best bit was when they all, like there was a circle pit, so everyone was running around in circle, but instead of it being aggressive, as circle pits can be sometimes, although they've obviously fun times, everyone held their hand out. So as they went around in a circle, everyone else in the crowd around them was high-fiving them, which what? was really what? funny. Yeah. That's amazing. So it was like- We could get a band to just co-op that in England. That'd be So great. it was like three in the morning, the club night went on. I mean, we left at five and it was still going on. The club, it was like mm, three in the morning. There's a bunch of sober people excited about metal just going around in a circle to high-fiving everybody. So it was pretty surreal. That's like, awesome. Was, you know, I'd been awake for 24 hours or something at that point. It was great. But I also saw a band there um, who I want to talk about as well, who are a fantastic band. They're called the Wagaki Band. If you want to look them up, that's W-A-G-A-K-K-I. And they play um, kind of rock and metal sort of hybrid. It's like Japanese rock and metal mixed with traditional instrumentation. So they have guys with traditional stringed instruments and traditional drums, like traditional percussion. And they just play this fusion music, which is super entertaining and super interesting. Like I spent a lot of the time after, because they've got like guitar based drums, as in the normal kind of Western style rock music, but often with sort of Japanese rock rhythms kind of sped up sometimes. If you've listened to bands like Dear Old Grey or Fact or whatever, you'll kind of mm. see where I'm coming from. And then they have these traditional instrumentationists who are on the stage with them. So it's, I'm so used to seeing Western rock, it's easy for me to identify each sound, like the bass, the drums, the guitar. But I spent quite a lot of time at the beginning trying to tune into these other instruments and like develop an ear for them, because at first they're all kind of mixing together, I couldn't quite work them out. But the show was just incredible. They have these costumes which are a mix of contemporary and traditional dress as well. They're all up on this stage, they kind of have several levels to it. And after a couple of songs they did this thing where they normal musicians went off stage and the traditional one stage uh, this traditional one stayed on stage and the singer came on with an actual sword and started doing like martial what? arts like the sword and then she had fans and started doing traditional fan dancing and they were playing all this traditional music and then they went off and then the non-traditional musicians came on and just did kind of a big jam and then they just had all these crazy things. It was like being a pantomime. I've just, I've just Googled them and they look yeah. fucking mental. <laughs> it was like being at a pantomime. They had this bit where they wanted fans to choose a song. So they had like um, a fruit machine stuff in on the screen that scrolled through all their songs and everyone had to scream. Oh, and then amazing. when they screamed the loudest, it stopped on a song and they played it. And they had another thing where um, they just played a few ballads and it kind of looked like maybe, you know, they wanted to wake people up a bit. So two of the percussion guys came out and just started throwing sweets at the audience. What? And then they ran up and did a drum off with each other. And then they had a like a, a decibel monitor on the screen and they split the room into two. And each side of the room had to try and scream louder, but they actually monitored it with the decibel. <laughs> so that it was actually a like... To this. It was like a proper thing. And then they had this crazy thing where at the end they went off and everyone obviously wanted an encore and this one guy in the back of the venue started singing a song I don't know what it was and then everyone joined in and on the screen at the back they had this puppet which looked a bit like Flat Eric 
but like from, <laughs> from another what dimension. Reference point. And I'm, I'm, I'm on it with the reference points that agrees and Flat Eric. And so Flat Eric was there and he had this little camera on his neck. And then he was backstage with the band, filming the band ostensibly. And this went on for about 15 minutes where they kind of talked and joked and everyone found it hilarious. We had no idea what they were saying. Um, and then this puppet, apparently, um, we spoke to the band afterwards, which is cool, went and said hello to them. And um, they told us that the word for puppet is the same as the word for camera. I'm not sure if it's the sound or the character, but they were like, oh, it's a Japanese joke that we do because puppet's the same as camera. And so that was like what the whole thing was based off. Good, so good, this, bit, good bit of Japanese banter there. So this <laughs> puppet came out and this puppet was entertaining them for like literally 15 minutes. And then they came back and did an encore and loads of this gold confetti came out and then it wow. and then it ended and everyone was collecting confetti off the ground and we kind of thought maybe it's because they wanted it as a souvenir but i think also everyone was trying to like tidy up the venue and be very efficient good god so it was amazing it, it was just like insane. it was just this amazing theatrical show i really hope they like come over here and play because i've not seen it say, if you happen before. to be in tokyo or, <laughs> <laughs> or if we have listeners in japan and, and this they happen Osaka, to be coming actually. through oh so, i yeah. apologize and then one more thing i guess uh, we uh, i met ladybird as well oh god he was That's from the band Lady Baby and do some karaoke with him. And so if you don't know, those are the people who don't know Lady Baby, in the, I'm not, I don't know which it's technically came first, but in the immediate aftermath of the Baby Man explosion, there was obviously a lot of attention being shone on uh, kind of J-pop metal bands and their ilk. And Lady Baby or Lady Beard. No, Lady Beard he's is called, the front. He's called Lady Beard. Lady Beard fronts Lady Baby. But he's not with the band anymore. He's a solo artist. Oh, I think oh that's a shame. Drama. But he's trying to be a musician and wrestler. It's like when Sting left the police. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> but with more cross-dressing and hair. Well, yeah. <laughs> Definitely more hair. Um, so yeah, anyway, this dude is a fully grown man uh, with long hair and a big old beard and he dresses in Japanese schoolgirl clothes. He does, yeah. He's trained to be a wrestler, so that's what the next thing is. So wrestling, don't slag him off to his face. Wrestling mixed with music, mixed with Japanese outfits. Yeah, I mean, it uh, El, sounds like Al uh, spent some time with him and uh, in conversation with him, so it sounds like a very interesting man. Yeah, super interesting. He's like travelled all over the world, he can speak um, Japanese and he can speak Mandarin and um, he's, yeah, he's focusing on like the whole wrestling thing, he's like knows like loads of different martial arts. And he took us to a bar called Guinea Pig, which was like a metal bar with horror props in it. And they had a very interesting photo album behind the bar, which showed what they do, presumably after hours, which was sort of probably, as you mentioned earlier about Torture Garden, probably more on the Torture Garden side of things. Sure. So it was a very uh, interesting bar to go to. Only in freaking Japan. Um, <laughs> on a, I had a great time. On an entirely different <laughs> vibe, architects are back. Yeah, and how they are back. What oh we're saying gosh. about uh, well, all the news, new album, Holy Hell, coming November 9th on Epitaph. That's going to be massive. Yep. Uh, a European and UK tour, including a stopper for Wembley Arena. Yeah. Architects are headlining Wembley Arena. Madder. I mean, that's, that's a, even when they're on the comeback trail and stuff around um, Daybreaker and everything. Like that's a crazy thought. Yeah. yeah, it's because it is Alexandra Palace, obviously start of this year. Yeah, which isn't that much smaller than Wembley, but that was just like a one-off day. No, you're right. It's not really, is it? Actually, but there's just something about Wembley. It just has that no, history and gravitas, and completely. You know, but this is and it's part of a tour. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is part of like a four 
date UK tour. I think they got so. one at Cardiff and arena date there. Yeah, in Glasgow and, and Manchester. Manchester. Big venues in Europe as well. By yeah, the way. yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of faith in this album, but also in the band. I think it's one a, of the best UK bands of all time. Yeah, there's a metal British metal band that are going to do it. That are going to step up to arenas. It's Architects. It's, we've always, you know, not we've always said that, but we've been saying it for a long time. I think everyone's. I think anyone who's been even near them at any point as a fan or, or whatever has known that they deserve it and they have the, yeah. they have the ability to but whether the scene goes with them is another matter entirely and you know from the the sidestep of the here and now to having to build that reputation back up again and then of course the loss of Tom it's just you just don't you, there's been a few times where you just didn't really know what the future held for architects and to see them coming back like this um, Hereafter as well which is the first single they released is an absolute killer of a song I, I was listening it. to the song on the train this morning and it just hit me in the chest yeah those lyrics really dragged you in emotionally from those yeah. opening those opening lines by Sam um, I've been fighting with broken bones I'm, it, yeah. I'm fighting with broken bones yeah, yeah. it's gorgeous and, and it's I think it definitely shows a kind of uh, well I kind of did a first reaction to it on the Hammer site and I said it's kind of like the yin to Doomsday's Yang it kind yeah. of feels like a part of the same progression now um, I think you can tell that they're well we're basing this on two songs of course I'm sure there'll be a lot going on in the album but th- there seems to be a bit of a penchant for like being a bit more concise a bit more to the point um, but still throwing in all those touches and stuff like the breakdown on it about two thirds of the way through is just crushing oh when he was like screaming that like, I wasn't braced for the fallout and it just yeah, going yeah, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. so heavy it's, it's amazing and I love those kind of really uh, again this is something they've kind of been doing it for years now but I love those kind of warm synths that are kind of scattered over it and it's just really atmospheric track yeah really really cool I just love Sam's scream like, yeah. I, it's so good I one of the it. best vocalists in the history of metal yeah. like, that's to say because it starts off with like a bit of clean vocals and then as soon as it kicks in it's like yes here we fucking go yeah, like yeah. I love this band and yeah I think this album's going to be great it's quite considering it's been released in what two months it's mad how sort of they're going yep we're back by the way the album's out now it's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, no fucking no yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of teaser or anything like that. It's just no. this is a thing. And I think that's probably an intentional thing. It's like, right, we're not fucking around. There's no point being just sort of a hype band or just sort of getting people talking. It's like, yeah, we're back. We're really good. You're getting the record in two months. Well, amazing, is it? That in a year where we've already had that Ghost <laughs> album, that Judas Priest album, all those albums by bands like Conjurer and like everything else that's going on across the scene, all the synthwave shit. It's like been such a great year for music, and now we're getting a new Architects yeah. record. I really was not even expecting an Architects record this year. Like, I thought it'd be January at the at the earliest. I did yeah. too. I did too. I kind of had, was aware that they were planning to start uh, announcing some stuff, and when I heard it was going to come in November, I was like, oh wow, fuck. I'm really no, excited. It actually feels like a Christmas present or something. Like something, <laughs> something that you wouldn't expect that is happening. A really aggressive Christmas present. That's aggressive. how I like my Christmas presents. <laughs> Shouting at me. Hell yes. Yeah, just so delighted to have them back. Yeah. And, um, you know, no, I, I can't think of a band that deserves to be walking on stage at Wembley Arena more than Architects. Well, no. You see, you talked about Ghost being the band that could step into arenas. Like, Architects are just about to do it. You know, oh, absolutely. You know, I weird. mean, to be with Ghost, to, to, with Ghost, sorry, to be clear, I'm talking about, like, the showmanship and the kind no, of no, the full package of, like, thing, a big fun metal band. Architects is you know they are just a fantastic band full stop imagine being in a world in six years time where you've got ghosts and architects headlining down over oh that oh, is a world dream. I would love it and hope to be dream. it could potentially happen guys Gajira for day three come on oh, make, it, make <laughs> it happen world make it happen world the dream is there for the taking 
Who bloody Ray? Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. Fuck all else has happened though, hasn't it? Like nothing happened. <laughs> just I, was just, I was just looking at our notes and I was like, yeah, the, I mean, yeah. The big news this week is architects are back. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. In news life is right thin on the ground, guys. <laughs> Nothing's because happening in the world yeah. at all. Well, let's just go to some reader questions then. Fuck it. Why, um, <laughs> why not? Uh, Arkan Mahapra says, which metal band would have the best Hollywood biopic? I was thinking about this. Uh, I mean, one's already coming, which is Motley Crue. That's the yeah, which I think it'll be okay, maybe. But well, I think the biggest problem with that is that if you've read the book and you know about, you know, in the climate we're currently in, I think it could be. It's not going to paint Motley Crue in a good light. No, it could be. Joke design. It could be a bit of a problematic film, I imagine. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that rolls out. But I think in terms of Hollywood biopics, you basically need a band that's gone through some sort of tragedy basically to make to make a Hollywood film like, you're not just like here's a band who are good that doesn't make a good story True. unfortunately so I was thinking uh, you could do a Linkin Park one mm. oh, came to mind I couldn't that that. Not, not, yeah. not right now no no, I, I, no too soon I know what you mean it would be an amazing it would be an amazing story because this is an amazing story but that's yeah the thought of that is and when he okay, remembers sort of the origins about how Chester was kind of just in his bedroom at home and sort of flew out to meet the rest of the band yeah, and stuff, yeah, yeah, that would yeah, be yeah. super cool. I think it's a proper story you yeah. can tell. And it'd be I was thinking more cynically, I was thinking just sex and drugs and rock and roll, so I was thinking like Marilyn Manson. Yeah, Manson would be cool. Yeah, like, I'd be really yeah, interested to see that. a good Alice Cooper biopic. Yeah. Because I feel cool. like he's, because he's been just kind of like the cool spooky dad of rock for like 25 years now I think a lot of people forget just how dangerous and badass he was yeah I feel like his story is one that everyone assumes they know but he's not really exactly, told exactly exactly yeah. because he kind of predates so much I'm kind of thinking from a metal perspective but he, he predates so much of metal culture like he was there before anybody yeah yeah um, uh, yeah I think yeah that would be really cool I think um, you could do a really Good gritty like Pantera biopic, which oh that'd be amazing. that'd be a brilliant shout, definitely that'll have it all, won't it? Yeah, that's you know, everything you can obviously want. there's tragedy because of Diamond, you know. Now we've sadly lost Billy as well, but the the kind of combustible nature of that band would just yeah. make for an incredible view. If Sepultura as well would be really interesting because yeah. they had so many ups and downs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, it goes without saying it would have to be cast very carefully and done right. You wouldn't want some shitty half arsed no of course coming out that doesn't get to the the spirit of what these bands are all about. You could, um, you could. It would obviously you'd have to cast it very carefully and not play it stupid. But you could do a good Sabbath one, depending on. I don't know who you get to play Ozzy. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to think of who you would cast for some people. But I'm shit at this. Concept. I don't know who you'd cast for Ozzy. But basically, I think. I think basically because I think the the Queen one that's coming up looks amazing. I think that's going. to Yeah, be great. that was uh, that was trailers in Predator. Right? Yeah, yeah. Last night, wasn't it? We'll get on to that. <laughs> No, we won't. It's no, we won't. Shit. I don't want to talk the about it. The movie's bad. But, oh, God. Yeah, but, but, but I think the Queen one looks incredible. And I think there's scope to basically start doing biopics really well again. And I think a Sabbath one would could be great. Having just watched The Disaster Artist, which is the film based oh, yeah, yeah, on um, the room. Tommy Wiseau, yeah, who directs The Room, James Franco was really good in that. And yeah. he, like, it's quite funny. It's like The Room, obviously, Tommy directed it, wrote it, starred in it. And James Franco like directed it, wrote it, it starred and it produced it. I think he'd actually do a really good Aussie. He's quite that good at picking up interesting mannerisms and he's got that kind of express expressive face. Yeah, that could be good. Oh man, maybe that's one for next. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's put that on the Metal Hammer Readers page, which we haven't done very much recently. Uh, go to facebook.com forward slash Metal Readers and we'll do a thread going, what would be your dream 
metal castings for films because I love doing shit like that. Yeah. I'm just shitting thinking of it off the top of my head. Well, good. Should we leave answer another question? Me. Leave it with me. <laughs> you answer another question. Brilliant. Oh, well, at Hiromatsu Metal asks, how do you see the future of baby metal in the West? I was just about having to ask if that sounds like a lost baby metal member. <laughs> yeah. Um, Where are you, Yui? Just continually being massive. I guess Was so. it one of you that was saying there was a Japanese band that filled out the O2 recently? Or was that something? That might have been something else. No, there's a, a K-pop band that I think came over and sold out the O2. There's a K-pop band. Korean band, yeah. Korean bands, yeah. But yeah, there's uh, basically kind of Asian pop and metal culture is just fucking humongous yeah. in um, the UK. And so as long as that continues being something people are invested in baby metal will continue to be massive. I think I'm actually I curious. I wasn't throwing Korean and Japanese together, but you know what I mean. I'm actually curious to see, like that download show was great, but it was so strange at the same time because they had five people on stage instead of three people on stage and we still don't know about what's happened with Yui. I think it is going to be quite weird, like the next time they play here, are they going to have five people? Are they going to have ten people? Are they going to have a section where Sue Metal does something solo? Is Yui going to be back? Like, you kind of think... They're probably going to come over quite soon at some point because they want to maintain that momentum. But I'm not, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. They're going to get bigger. But at the same time, like, what direction is that going to go in? Um, you know, if you're a massive baby metal follower, this stuff really concerns you and you kind of look into all the details of it. If you're not, I think you could still be pulled in by new records, new shows, that kind of thing. There's the potential to grow and get new fans there who don't necessarily know all the background. And maybe they'll come out and just do something completely crazy with loads of extra people, loads of extra props. Like, I'm kind of not really sure what they're going to do. It's a bit unpredictable, really, because they seem to have such huge ambitions. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing a comic book at the moment. They're the kind of band I'd expect to do some kind of film, actually. Like, mm. that'd be perfect for, like, an, especially maybe, like, an anime film or something. Like, I just think, yeah, there's, they've got this eye on the potential of what they can do, and um, it's really interesting to see where they're going to take it. Definitely. I think because what they downloaded last time they came over, I came over obviously but then the Wembley Arena which is cool but I don't know if they they've, I guess they'll do Wembley again I can't see them doing the O2 but I don't know whether the the hype's gone now to an extent over here I think you've got baby metal fans and that's you know, of course every band's got their fans but I think the whole curiosity aspect has yeah, gone now people people aren't going to buy a ticket because they've seen them on the internet anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's it, a fair point. It is just like, oh, I'm aware of them now and you either like it or you don't. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see whether, you know, obviously the West is, especially Britain, is much more cynical towards novelty mm-hmm. in bands, in inverted commas. Um, so it'll be, I think they need they need to do a proper tour, not just a big London show. And yeah. Yeah, I think, and just do something different. Like, say that you can't... Do, do undersells. Yeah, yeah go play, exactly. Go play Wolverhampton. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't, you can't just do the same thing anymore because, you know, the, it's been, like, the last album was, what, like, three years ago or something? Uh, yeah, it was about that. Yeah. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, so the album bigger and better and just different, I suppose. But the, at the same time, it depends if baby metal fans actually want that or you just want... Three, you know, the three girls to come out and go absolutely insane for two hours. Mm. I think if you just stay the same, it, audiences will decrease potentially. Yeah. Like you said about the novelty aspect, but I think if they keep changing it and keep evolving, those people who came to see them at Wembley will want to go back and see something else because there'll be that excitement of not knowing quite what they're going to get or excitement of knowing they're going to get like a full experience rather than just people playing on stage. 
you know, some of the props I've had in Japan have been insane. They have that kind of big triangle they floated over in the audience with, and they have the special shows where you can only go if you're wearing makeup, or you can mm. only go if you're, um, I can't remember the rest of the categories, but some weird ones like over a certain age. Yeah, yeah. Like, over, over age, over age. Yeah. yeah, so they had all these different kind of, again, I guess that is playing off the novelty factor, but if they can come back here and get those same people who came to Wembley and entice people in with kind of another novelty factor type thing, I think that could be the way forward. But yeah, if they keep coming back and doing the same thing, I sort of agree with you in that it might dwindle a bit. I think they'll have to step it up in that you mentioned the Wembley, or the, the Japanese shows, and I've seen the pictures of the of them flirting in the triangle and stuff. Yeah. And everyone sort of assumed they were bringing that production to the UK. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, well, bring that coming. Can you imagine how metal the show's going to be? There was some fire. And yeah, that, it wasn't, that, it wasn't that a crazy was it. production. It was, yeah, it was, I think everyone, if, yeah, maybe not everyone, but people who were sort of, lucky enough to go to a, more, a many arena shows and have seen how, how production can be done by maybe not even just metal bands you sort of look at that and you hear the stories of what baby metal can do and have done and then you watch them come out of Wembley and go you've got a walkway and you've got some CO2 cannons you go mm. so I don't like, think that, that matters for that show because I think the fact that they just hadn't played that much and that people really wanted to go and see them that kind of overrode everything but I think going forward definitely people are going yeah. to expect more yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a really good point about the the novelty factor wearing off because it was such a crazy thing. I mean, Metal Hammer pretty much were the first. Well, we were the first Western outlet to really uh, report on them in a big way. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I still remember putting their uh, their video online and the reaction to it just totally blown up, and then we had them on the cover, and it's just bananas. Um, and it was, a, it was a fascinating time for metal because it just it had a lot of people asking questions about not just oh is this metal or not but kind of you know what really defines metal what 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 do we actually welcome into our world and what are the perimeters for this kind of yeah. stuff so well, fascinating anyway what else is going on Billy Almquist asks what's your most anticipated albums coming this fall slash winter we just talked about one of them at length Architects. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, that was the last one I wrote down. So I, I, right, I couldn't believe it was coming out in November. I know. Uh, it was like, you, Less what? than two, like 10 weeks. Yeah. That is, or maybe, yeah, maybe 11. That's it, it's quick, man. Like the singles out today, September 12th, albums out November 9th, then they're doing the Wembley in February. It's literally just like bang, bang, yeah. bang. Like we're, we're back, fuck all of you. That's a real sign of uh, confidence and intent. Yeah, yeah, completely. I think it's. Yeah, it'll do them well absolutely but what else are you excited for Merlin uh, well Behemoth is the other big one yes boy uh, I love you at your darkest is a fabulous album <laughs> fabulous <laughs> it, black metal. it is awesome really kind of uh, kind of sounds like a a, a a direct fight between Evangelion and the Satanist to me yeah. I think it's really really good um, and no, I kind of briefly mentioned it earlier but Nergal has a lot to say in the new issue mm. uh, he has not told him back on the old the old blasphemy. Who else have I written down? Um, Black Peaks as well. Uh, yes. that's, that's about to drop. As I said, the new Bear Tooth album is great. It's the album that they should have released straight after. Um, is it Disgusting, the first one? Yeah, Disgusting was the first one. Yeah, it's, it's, it, to me, this is the album that they that, that uh, I think they should have made two years ago. And I think, it, yeah, it's great. Um, Within Temptation album, I'm not totally sure when that's dropping, but that is uh, one of the very best things they've ever done. Um, I, even if you don't consider yourself a Within Temptation fan I implore you go listen to that album when it comes out and pick up this issue to be all about it of course and I've got a big capital letters The Prodigy <laughs> is that coming this year? that's in November mate 
Just I those, need uh, to see it. I Bloody wait. Uh, what else have I got right now? Bloodbath. There's a new Bloodbath album coming. Yeah. And I just love Bloodbath. How can you not like horrible death metal? Um, I've got Tenacious D written down, to be honest. Oh, come wow. on, really? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, think, I don't think it'll be great. I don't get me wrong. Neither do I. But I'm always, <laughs> but I, but I'm always interested to see what they do. Mate, I, I love that first album so oh, they much. They've done like four good songs across 15 years now. Leave them alone. I'll be oh, I think they'll be fine. <laughs> Why do you like them so much? I think the rubbish. first album's great. I, I've probably recited all word for word. Yeah, but that, that was the first one. That was the exciting yeah, one. Yeah, Pick of Destiny had two songs in it. I thought, all right, the metals are great. Oh, I like that song. Yeah, that's good. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. backtracking. Yeah, yeah. you reminded me that's a good song. Yeah, the last album, Rise of the Phoenix, was crap, admittedly. Really bad. But I, but I just quite, I think, I like Jack Black and I like how oh, that, oh, Jack, you know, Jack Black. And I, 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 you know, pissed off in the clubs, tribute drops, I'll be, yeah. I'll be singing it, but um, I don't know. Fine. I think I'd rather see Jack Black in a movie. Yeah. I think, I think the world's moved you know, on. Because, like, that first album was good and if it comes on in a club, it's cool and I'll do it at karaoke, whatever. But I wouldn't really sit down and listen to Tenacious D, but I do really like Jack Black. Like, said it before, but I still haven't forgiven them for taking a sub-headline slot of downloads, playing for an hour and not playing Wonderboy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you've got four songs, you didn't play one of them. I was so angry, but still banter on the floor and wiped the floor. Yeah, absolutely murdered them. What are you going to do? Yeah. It's, other than that, I only found out about this band two weeks ago. I think they're called Portrayal of Guilt, and it's basically like full of hell. Uh, but way more metal and mm. a bit like sort of almost a bit like what Full of Hell mashed with Rollo Tomasi mashed with Ooh, I like, like that some metal pure Morton cool, that yeah is. I, <laughs> I'm a big fan of it um, so yeah apparently I think their album's coming in November so stoked on that one lovely lovely in October as well as Monuments and Vola coming out oh nice really that's a bit well. of you bit of me you like that progressive do, metal do, don't stuff I? everyone's getting catered for it um, Judge Dewey, you are mate, asks, do we want Metallica playing and Justice for All in full? It's just 10.30. It has, yeah, 30 last what week. They've announced they've got a big remastered box set coming out that looks very sexy. It's very sexy indeed. I saw Kirk unboxing it on yeah. uh, Instagram and it was, yeah, it was ace. Yeah, uh, seminal album. Um, Would you want to see all of it in full in that order? Yeah, I would. I mean, album shows are a funny one, really. Um, it's kind of, uh, I think, when they did the Black Album, and they did it in, they did it backwards, basically, so that they could finish with uh, the Sam Adams. Yeah, um, I kind of think it very quickly got exposed that that album isn't as full of bona fide classics, because about a third of the way through, I started to get a bit like, hmm, yeah. it's all just that kind of big plodding Black Album song. Uh, don't get me wrong, they're good songs, and I think the album's great, but... It didn't hit me quite like them doing Master of Puppets yet a few years earlier. Um, with this though, yeah, I think I would see it. It's just looking at the, the tracks they don't play as much really, like Eye of the Beholder, um, Fred Ends of Sanity, Dyer's Eve, like, you know, there's there's definitely songs I'd love to see them play. Um, I think I've seen, have I seen them do The Shortest Straw? I can't remember. I've definitely seen them doing Justice for All. Uh, and obviously Blackened and One and Harvester of Sorrow, they play quite a lot. But yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be up for it. I just think with Metallica, they've just got such a good back catalogue that I just think, you know, I could take a full... I'd probably rather see Metallica do a full set of B-sides than do one album in full. Not B-sides, sorry, rarities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rare replayed songs. I think I... To be fair, I'm not, I guess, in in terms of the first four Metallica albums, 
and Justice for All is number four for me. Like, I, it's not really? one that I've really connected with as Actually, much as the, fir- as the first three. Actually, I'd probably agree with that. I'd probably agree. Although, I don't know. I really like Kill Em All, but some of the, some of the bigger songs on Justice are... Yeah. yeah, I think I even with, and it's obviously like you know, how can you not love you know things like One and Blackened, but I don't know I I I, I can't remember the last time I stuck on and Justice for All and just really went, and you sense like yeah this is this is the fucking tits you know it was I'd agree with you I'm not massively fussed I'd obviously watch it because it's Metallica yeah but at the same time I'm not super fussed on yeah so that's it I've seen them do Master Republic and Fall I've seen them do a by request set I've seen them do Black Album so it's just like just. Just do it. Just come out and do something mental that no one's seen before. And uh, and yeah, you know, I just thought. Well, I guess this rule would be pretty mental because that's, you know, the Black Album is the biggest album they ever did, and yeah. Master of Puppets is kind of generally seen as their great. You know, arguably metal's greatest album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and Justice for All would be quite a cool thing for them to do. It would. I think it would be interesting if they did do it. A lot of the, as you generally get in Metallica shows, fair weather fans are just, you know, I'm, you, you think you're a Metallica fan, but I can't see people going mental for the deep cuts on. No, I'm just, no, of I'm course. Just, I mean, well, that's I, always going to happen with a, no, an, an album, no, so unless it's kind of a, you know, an end-to-end singles album. Yeah, I just think it'd be interesting to see the reaction to, you know, from the, you know, the people who don't really go to metal shows from the yeah, yeah, the, the people you get at Metallica shows who aren't really metal fans. Well, the most I've ever lost my shit at a Metallica show was when I saw them at Ross Kilda and they did Carpe Diem, Baby, followed by um, I Disappear, one after the other. And most people around me were like, eh? and I was I was losing my nuts. So I'm, I'm, you know, fuck Fairweather fans with the greatest of respect. You know, I, no, no, I, no, I want to see them some Metallica songs. But uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I mean, there's not much Metallica could play that I wouldn't be a fan of, short of doing like, what's an anger and full or something. I'm, hmm. I've always wanted to see more garaging songs in the set because I yeah. fucking love that album. I've still never seen them play So What and I really, really, really want oh, to. Have I seen them play So What? They played it loads in the 90s. I don't know if they play it. Have I seen them play So What? I think I might have. Well, the first time, I, first time I heard that song, I think I must have listened to it like ten times in a row. That was, the it was first, so good. Well, quote unquote Metallica song I've ever heard. Was it really? Yeah, ever. Wow. I was in a, I was in the, um, uh, I was, I was going on with my family and my my mum's mate and his kids came and me and his kids were the same age, and at that point I think I just started listening to like Limp Bizkit and stuff, um, and Bon Jovi I seem to remember, and nice. he put on So What in his dad's car. And I was like, you know, I used to Limp Bizkit swearing and stuff. I thought I was a bit of a bad man. Yeah, yeah, And then yeah, I just yeah. hear about, I just hear James Hetfield screaming about fucking goats. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it probably blew my mind. And then I went and got Garaging, and that was the album that got me into, I mean, God, from that I got into Black Sabbath, Motorhead, um, King Diamond, I'd never heard before that. Misfits, I'd never heard yeah, before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I love Garaging. I know it's not very it's not really a connoisseur's choice of Metallica album, but I'd love to see them drop. Like, if they dropped Astronomy or something, that'd be... Oh, yes. Turn the page. I've seen them do that, but I'd love to see that come back again as well. So, yeah. Yes, we do want Metallica playing Garaging to answer your question. (laughs) 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 Just lost all my cool points. Um, Thanks very much for tuning in, everybody. Uh, Are there any gigs on this week? Uh, We're going to the Prog Awards. Yeah, my brothers and sisters of Prog Magazine have got their awards this week. Good luck to them. We all know what it's like to put on a, a music awards show. It's a big old pain in the ass, but it is <laughs> fucking amazing fun as well. 
Uh, so good luck to them. Um, so we'll probably still be nursing hangovers from that this time next week, to be honest. Yeah, so we'll see you in the crowbar. We'll see you in the crowbar. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, new issue of Mount Hummer featuring world exclusive with Temptation interview is on sale now. All that other great stuff in it. And don't subscribe to, um, don't forget to subscribe to iTunes and Acast and leave us a review. We appreciate it very much. We'll see you next Go week. Go on, I dare you. I dare you. <laughs> Do it. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>